And uh, I want to remind you that this week we will also be gathering for special prayer at Monday at 9 o'clock, Wednesday at 9 a.m., and Friday at 9 a.m. This month we're putting forth an extra special effort in prayer, asking God to move and grant mighty revival, give power in our lives, salvation to people that need to be saved, that God will just have his way through us, and uh, it's making a difference. And I encourage everyone that can and will to join us this week, Monday at 9 a.m., Wednesday at 9 a.m., Friday at 9 a.m. for prayer. And uh, let's expect God to do great things. And uh, it just never ceases to amaze me the difference that just a little bit of prayer makes. The great difference that just a little bit of prayer. There's no telling what God will do as we put forth a lot of prayer and consecration unto Him. Also, there's those of you who have put your name down and is joining us in a season this coming week and the next week a revival of consecration if you're willing to take a day of fasting please join us or part of a day fasting please join us and uh, let's let our, our carnal man decrease that the Lord may increase in our lives and let's get ourselves in a spiritual posture that God can use us and God can work in us and through us amen so I know this is the key, continued prayer and continued fasting and submitting ourselves to the Lord that we could experience greater revival in our personal lives and we can be effective in helping our neighbors and others that don't know the Lord come to know Him in the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I'd like for you to get your Bibles with me. Let's turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17. We'll begin reading at verse 29. Acts chapter 17 and verse 29. If you have it, say amen. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art, and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius the Aeropagite, or Aeropagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Notice verse 32, verse 34. The Bible said, When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, We will hear thee again. Then verse 34 said, Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. And so some mocked. Others said, We'll think about this later. And some believed. Amen. I'm glad I'm a part of the believing group tonight that believes in the resurrection of the dead. Amen. I want, I want you to notice tonight, verse 30, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. I want to just talk to us tonight. I felt this week the Lord begin to stir my spirit, and I want to preach tonight just about the simple subject of repentance. Repentance. Let's ask the Lord's blessings upon the preaching of the word. God, we thank you for your voice.
us proper response to your word tonight. Give us revelation and understanding so that we can have appropriate action and perform your will in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I didn't mention it earlier, but I want to say it's good to see Allison here tonight. It's been some time since we've been able to see you. God bless you. Thank you for being in this service. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul wrote these words. Or we believe it to be the Apostle Paul. Penned these words. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And so he was speaking to people who had been born again. He was writing to people who had obeyed the gospel. And when he speaks of leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ here, he's not talking about ultimately or totally forsaking them. He's talking about once the foundation is laid and established, we don't have to ever go back and relay the foundation. It's laid. The Apostle Paul and the believers of that day's duty was to not try to reestablish another gospel, but to build upon the gospel that was established. And so I want to remind us tonight that as the Apostle Paul mentioned in Hebrews chapter 6, six principles of the doctrine of Christ, he mentioned first of all the foundation of repentance from dead works. Now the Lord has done everything he can do to save an individual. He desired relationship with humanity so much and he loved humanity so much that he gave himself on the cross. He paid the price, the ransom price, and he made a way through his shed blood for us to regain access, to be reconciled unto him and renewed in fellowship. Not just reconciled and renewed in fellowship, but our souls to be restored. How many remembers the truth that when Adam and Eve sinned, all became sinners? And you and I did not have a choice in the fact that we were born bound by sin with evil desires, with ungodly inclinations. And, and we followed those. The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm glad the Lord gave himself on the cross and he shed his blood, giving me an opportunity to live a different life than the life I began living in the early parts of my living hallelujah I'm glad the Lord's made a way that I can turn away from sin and not live underneath the dominion and the bondage and the control of sin hallelujah I'm glad the Lord made a way that my record which had many sins in heaven written upon it could be washed clear where my sins would not be remembered against me anymore I'm glad the Lord made a way that I could experience a turnaround, that I, I didn't have to keep walking down the road of sin, down the pathway of unrighteousness into an eternal hell of damnation, but the Lord in his mercy and grace provided a way that I could turn from my sins, that I could repent, that I could do an about face, that I could turn away from sin and turn unto him with all of my heart and experience a new life, a changed life with him leading my life and living in my spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad for the opportunity for change. I'm glad for the opportunity to turn. I'm going to tell you what you already are aware of tonight, but let me remind you, Satan and his angels has no opportunity to ever come forth out of darkness, sin, or rebellion. The Bible said Satan and his angels are bound to everlasting chains of darkness. Once Satan rebelled, was kicked out of heaven, he is eternally doomed to a lake of fire. 
He has no second chance. He has no opportunity to repent. There's no chance for him ever turning away from darkness. Um, Amen. I'm just reminding us that we are blessed and that we have an opportunity to come to a point of repentance where we can turn from dead works and serve the living God. Amen. I'm glad that we can have an experience with God, a visitation from God, time in prayer with God in which our heart can change and our heart can be turned and our mind can think differently because that's what repentance is. Repentance is a change of mind. Repentance is a change of heart. Repentance is a change of direction. It's turning away from self-will. It's turning away from sin. And it's turning unto the Lord. And so I'm grateful tonight that I can tell you freely and clearly that there is opportunity available for people in this place tonight to turn from your sins. That there's opportunity in this house tonight for repentance. Amen. Something that some people don't and won't ever have the chance to experience. Angels will never enjoy it. But tonight there is a season and an opportunity of repentance granted in this service tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord will touch every heart and people will take full advantage of an opportunity to repent of their sins in this service. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul was viewing some people's worship. He was in Athens, Greece. And uh, if you look back at Acts chapter 17, verse 21, he had something to say about the Athians. He said, The Athians that were there in Athens, Greece, and the strangers that were visiting there, spent their days, they spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. That's all they lived for. They wanted to learn something new. They wanted to hear something different than they had heard heard before. And, uh, And so the Apostle Paul stood up, the Bible lets us know, and he began to speak to them. He stood up in Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. He said, As I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. He said, Him declare I unto you. He said, You are, you are so over-religious and such superstitious and understanding that as a human being there's things that you may not have learned yet you may have not have come to know because you're actually living your life every day wanting to learn some new thing you have a quest for knowledge and he said you have varying idols you have different altars I've watched as you have went through your devotions and I've noticed that there is also a particular altar that says to the unknown God that just perchance there may be a God that you don't know about and you haven't heard of. You're going to give him some allegiance and you're going to provide an altar for him. The Apostle Paul said, I have that God that I want to declare unto you. And he began to preach to them about Jesus and how that God, the creator of this world, the God that made the worlds and all things that are therein, is not a God that dwells in temples that are made with hands, is what he said. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needeth anything. See it that the Lord himself gives to all men life, breath, and, and all things. And he began to preach how that Jesus, through his shed blood, through that blood on Calvary, made of all nations one people. And hath made of one blood, the Bible said, all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And he said that they should seek the Lord. How many knows we need a generation today to seek 
the Lord. We need people that will really reach after God. We need people that will search after the Lord. we got so many people living life their own way, just doing what they want to do, following their own opinion. Oh, God, we need people in this generation that says, God, how do you want me to live? How would you like for me to conduct my life? How would you like for me to talk? How would you like me to conduct myself? Lord, I seek your will. He said that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And he went on to say, in the Lord we live, move, and have our being. And he said, for as much as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or man's device, in that as the creation of God, as we human beings are created in the image of God, ought to let us know that God is in no way and can in no way be compared to an idol. Because you know what? We breathe, we live, we move, we hear, we talk, we communicate. And so it is that there's no way at all that a stone that can't see and hands that can't move and a mouth that doesn't speak can ever be likened unto God because he is a living God. He is alive. Hallelujah. He had no beginning and he has no ending. He is a living God. Hallelujah. So he cannot be likened unto gold, silver, stone, or graven art, or any man's device. And he says, the times of this ignorance, this season time of life that you Athians have, have been in where you lacked understanding and you didn't know the true God of heaven. You didn't know about Jehovah God, Jesus of the New Testament. You had no consciousness in yourself or awareness of him. You were bowing to idols, worshiping idols. You were offering sacrifices to altars. He said, you did it in ignorance. And at that time of ignorance, God winked at it. And in a sense, God overlooked it. He overlooked it not as if, not as if they would never face judgment over it, but he was long-suffering in that he did not judge them immediately. God allowed you a season in which you were in error and doing the wrong thing, worshiping idols, he said, but now he's brought you to truth. He's brought you to a moment of understanding that he is the creator, that Jesus Christ is the Savior and the Redeemer. And now that you are aware, you come to understand he commands all men everywhere to repent. There is a direct command from the Lord. Repent of your sins. How many wants to go to heaven? How many, how many, would, would, how many does not want to stand before the Lord and him read a record of sins? I want my record clear. I want to be forgiven. I want to be washed. Do you know all it takes to be forgiven is just simply repent of your sins and ask the Lord to forgive you? If you want to be forgiven, all you have to do is ask the Lord. The Bible said if we would confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And again tonight, the cover is already off. The record is already revealed in that all have sinned. We all need God's forgiveness. And so somewhere along life's way, there's got to be a turning point. Somewhere along life's way, there's got to be a moment of repentance to where our heart is made aware of its sin 
and we recognize the error that we've been walking in and realize that God's been patient with us and God's been long-suffering with us and, and he, he wasn't judging us, but at the same time, we wasn't getting by with our sins. He was just giving us a space so that we could come to the knowledge of truth so that our hearts could be pricked and we could turn to him in sincere humility and ask his forgiveness for our sins. He was patient with the Athians until they could hear the message and turn unto him. You see, repentance is not just a turning from sin, brothers and sisters, it's a turning to God. Repentance is about getting a new God. Repentance is about saying, I've lived my own way. I've done things by the will of my parents or I've lived by the will of other people. I lived by the will of my flesh. But God, I'm turning to you. And I'm humbling myself before you. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my soul. I'm giving you my spirit. Brothers and sisters, there is the need for repentance in all of our lives. There's got to be a breaking point in our lives where we say, okay, God, I'm giving my all to you. I'm not holding anything back from you. I want to come clean with you, Lord. I want you to wash me thoroughly with your precious blood. And I want you to forgive me of all of my sins. I tell you what works repentance in our lives. Honesty and humility. Honesty and humility enables us to repent. It does. Pride works against us. Pride likes us to hold ourselves strong and stoic and arrogant and hard. But humility and honesty will make us bow our hearts, bow our heads, bow our knee, and confess fully our sins. Oh, Lord, let my heart be honest with you that I need your forgiveness and help my spirit and my heart to express the desire for your forgiveness in repentance. Hallelujah. Saying, God, wash me. God, cleanse me. God, forgive me. Not only is repentance a turning from sin and a turning to God and humbling of self and being honest with God and confessing our sins, but repentance is also a dying process. Repentance is also taking our will and breaking it in the presence of the Lord. That just as Christ died on the cross, so we are identifying with Christ's death on the cross, saying, Lord, there's things that are alive in me. There's attitudes, there's actions in my life that's got to stop, that's got to die. I can't keep living like I'm living if I want to go to heaven. I don't want to, God, continue to be bound by these sins. I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved. And I'm telling you, amen, repentance is not, it's not just an unemotional experience there's tears and there's weeping there's there's a broken heart in the presence of the Lord it's a contrition before God there is a repentance that is that is produced by attrition attrition is is a repentance that is motivated by fear of punishment it's 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 a repentance that that usually lacks genuine remorse it doesn't result in any change attrition is not so much a sorrow for sin as it is a regret that's expressed by getting caught or exposed for your sin brothers and sisters I don't want just attrition in my life I want contrition in my life and contrition is this. It's, it's truly, it's true godly sorrow. It's an awareness that my actions, my spirit, and my attitude. Can you, can you stay with me a little bit? I'm preaching a very important message here tonight. I'm preaching a very important. We, we've got people scattered all over this house tonight. 
from the front to the back that needs a true repentant experience in the presence of God. Brothers, from the pulpit to the pew, there needs to be a spirit and an attitude of repentance. Um, it's not just a one-time experience. It's got to be an everyday way of life to where we're humble and we're honest before God and we're letting him continue to convict our hearts uh, and to correct our spirits and our attitudes. And so contrition is true godly sorrow. It's an awareness that I've failed the Lord, that I'm displeasing God. And while he loves me, he will never, never, never hide his eyes from my sins. That if I don't change my ways, and if I don't repent, and if I don't ask his blood to cleanse me and cover me for my sins, I am in danger of eternal judgment of hell. It's not somewhere that God's going to force me to go. It's something that I've refused to do. I want to be willing to repent of my sins. And turn from my wicked ways. Can you say praise the Lord? Contrition involves godly sorrow. And, and it produces deep remorse and a will. A will to turn away from the sins. True repentance is produced by godly sorrow. God's working. God's moving. God's stirring the heart. God is, is moving and visiting the spirit such that Everybody say full confession. There's something about true repentance that says I'm not going to cover anything. I'm not going to say if I've sinned. I'm not going to act like I haven't sinned. I want to be saved more than anything. And I'm not going to let my sins nor my pride keep me from making it to heaven. I'm going to be honest with you, God. I'm going to be totally honest. I, I'm going to be forthright with you, God. I, I want to be clean. I don't want any hidden spot in my heart. I don't want any sin, God, that I'm harboring, that I'm not willing to confess nor turn away from, God. I'm willing to give you everything, Lord. I want, I want every part of, of my record to be clear. I want to be honest with you, Lord. I want to be honest with you. I hope I'm preaching this message in an effective manner here tonight. I'm not trying to force you to repentance. I'm trying to lead you to repentance. I, I, I feel the fear of the Lord upon my spirit. I, I felt it in prayer as God began to deal with me in this service. Um, amen. we got to be honest with the Lord, brothers and sisters. Um, we can't cover any area. we got to let God work His will in our life. Um, when conviction comes on our spirit, when we start to do something or we do something that we should not do, let us never let that conviction wane without repentance. Because repentance is a season. It is a space. It is a time. When we have sinned, our hearts condemn us. When we have sinned, our conscience bothers us. But if we resist that conscience, there'll come a day when we're not bothered by that sin. We're not troubled by it. What I'm trying to tell you, let us be people that are quick to repent. Amen. I haven't got there, brothers and sisters. I, I still don't say everything right. I still don't have a perfect spirit every hour of every day. I still don't treat everybody like I should. I still don't have the right attitude. I want to stay humble. I want to stay humble. I need Him to forgive me. I need Him to wash me. I need Him to cleanse me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to be willing to repent. I want to be quick to repent. Amen. 
I may be in a season right now, and I believe there's people under the sound of my voice tonight. You're in a space of repentance. You're in a season where God's dealing with you about the error and the wrongs of your actions and your attitude. Uh, would you turn to the Lord with all of your heart tonight? Um, allow the Lord to make the corrections. Allow conviction to work in you. It's the mercy of God. It's the grace of God. I'm not trying to make everybody feel bad, but there's people in this place you need to let God turn you. You need to let God turn you. You need to let God change you. You need to let God bring you fully into his will. Uh, amen. To where you say, God, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. There's attitudes. There's anger. There's, there's, there's things in me that's not right. God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? Hallelujah. I thought about I thought about the scripture in Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6 the Bible said it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. Then the Bible goes on to talk about the giants that was upon the earth and then God saw the wickedness of man and then the flood came. Man, it didn't take him long to become so filled with evil to the point that God had it written and said, my spirit will not always strive with man. There's seasons of visitation from God. There's particular times that he deals with and he draws people. I'm encouraging people in this house tonight as God is dealing with you, as God is calling you, as God is drawing you, turn to him. Turn to him. Turn to him. He hasn't closed his eyes to your sin. He just has been merciful to you. And he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Don't let sin keep you separated from God. Why don't you tonight purpose in your heart as we close this service in just a few minutes um, that you're going to make a full confession unto God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm, I'm going to turn to you with contrition. I'm going to turn to you with sincerity and humility, God. Um, I'm going to do battle with my soul. I'm going to do battle with my carnal man by your grace, God. I'm going to see wickedness die and righteousness raised in me. In Jesus' name. The Lord said, my spirit will not always strive with man. To strive is to keep down. It's to rule. It's to judge. And so basically God was saying, I deal with man. I send my spirit. I try, to, I try to keep people from committing sin. I try to draw them from their sins with my spirit. They feel my touch. They feel conviction. But I won't make them do anything. I have created in them and given to humanity free will and he will not violate that. His spirit will visit you. His spirit will draw you and his voice will call you. He'll grant you that season of calling to repentance. Don't let, don't let that season pass you by without you experiencing the forgiveness, the washing, the cleansing, the restoration that you need from the presence of God. God sends His Spirit 
to irradiate, to eliminate a darkened mind. He sends His Spirit to stir the conscience of a sinner, to prompt them to repentance. He sends His Spirit to strengthen people's holy resolve, bring back their hearts to Him, draw their affection back to Him. But it's up to them to whether that work of the Spirit will be fully accomplished. That opportunity will come and it will go. I'm just encouraging all of us tonight. And I know by the leading of the Lord there's people being called of God in this church. There's sinners here that I'm begging you in Jesus' name to not let your sins live but bring them to an altar of repentance and say, God, I need you to change my heart. God, I believe in the power of your gospel. I believe you're able. I believe you're able, God, to save to the uttermost. I believe you're able to help me to overcome. I believe you're able to forgive me tonight. I believe you're able to wash me tonight. I believe you're able to renew me in the Holy Ghost tonight. I believe you're able to restore my soul. Would you stand with me? One final scripture. One final scripture. In Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter stood up before people that had crucified the Lord. And he told them plainly that with evil hands they crucified the Lord of glory. That evil and unrighteousness was in their heart and in their spirit and they rejected the Messiah. And as he was preaching, as he spoke under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, conviction pricked their hearts. God granted them a moment under the influence of His Word and His Spirit. Moment of awareness and acceptance of their sins. They were pricked in their hearts. The Bible said when they were pricked in their hearts, they sent unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We recognize it. We realize it. We're sorry for it. We've grieved God. We've rejected the Messiah. What do I do? My heart's pricked. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Bible said with many other words did he exhort and testify saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. I'm telling you brothers and sisters, if we've ever humbled ourselves before the Lord, if we've ever been honest and open and humble before God, if we've ever been broken, we've ever been sincere in this generation, we must become broken in the presence of the Lord with an humble attitude of repentance and say, God, I want you to save me and help me be saved from this untoward generation. I don't want sins to get a hold and be able to keep a hold of my soul. I don't want unrighteousness to come into my spirit and to my life and live forever. But God, I want to be cleansed. I want to be washed. I want to be forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm preaching a saving message for somebody in this place tonight. 
I'm praying there's people as I open this altar will come and dig in the depths of your soul and say, God, I want it clean. I want it all out, God, that's unrighteousness. Break the yoke of sin and the dominion of sin off of my life, God. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to make it to heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe there's hearts that stirred in this house tonight. I believe there's people that's aware of their need of a repentant experience tonight. And I, I can't just stop here, but I want you to know that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. You got to take care of the sin first. Sin separates. And so if you'll repent of your sins, let God wash you and cleanse you. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I believe you can repent and you can receive the same night. You can repent and you can receive in the same service. Because the Bible said that they were added to the church in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 souls. So there was at least 3,000 people that heard the word that was pricked, that was willing to go to an altar of repentance and ask God to forgive them. It don't take a long time to repent. You just got to be honest and be open and get it all out. And then God will gloriously baptize you with his spirit, fill you with his presence and give you power to live a new and changed life. Hallelujah. I don't want just a weeping church. I want a rejoicing church. But I'm telling you, there's a deep need for honest-hearted repentance in this place tonight. And so I'm going to encourage everybody that hears the voice of God talking to you. Everybody that's willing to obey the convicting power of God to come forth and be broken before the Lord and say, God, I want you to wash me. I want you to cleanse me. I want you to help me be saved from this untoward generation. I live in a wicked hour and a dark day, God. Would you save me? That's it. There's people stepping out here tonight. And they want to be washed. They want to be forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, God. I don't want to face eternity unprepared. I don't want to face eternity unprepared, Lord. I want to be ready to meet you, Jesus. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Save me. Deliver me, God. Let godly sorrow work in my life.
Oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, aren't you glad for the touch of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy Ghost today is mine. Jesus' name, oh, the Holy Ghost is mine. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Ghost Enable him to yield, Jesus. Hallelujah, be filled with your spirit. Let's sing it as a church family. Victory today is mine. Hallelujah. Joy is mine. Oh, yeah. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Oh, 